Yo, we back. Dave I'll Say So Podcast, you know what I'm saying? Times YouTube, times stream, times whatever, you know, we're back. It's been a minute. I know I haven't played the streets for so long, but you know I got to come back to it eventually. And we got some things to talk about today. Yes, one thing, one thing for sure. Every time I come back, you know what I'm saying, to the podcast, to the Dave I'll Say So Podcast, we, it's always something to talk about. It's always something to talk about. I wouldn't come back if it wasn't something to talk about. But today, we got a lot of things going on with the NFL, NBA, college football is upon us this week. Yes, times are very exciting right now. So, let's just get straight to it to the NFL. A couple days ago, Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett, their coach that they hired this past offseason. After a 4-11 start to the season, they've just been horrible. Everything that they planned for, we thought coming into the season that they were going to be a playoff team. Some people even thought that, you know, they would win their division. Um, that did not happen. In fact, if it wasn't for the Raiders being so bad, they arguably could be the worst team in their division. And overall, the season has just been an abysmal of itself. Russell Wilson has been playing like garbage. Their offense can't score a lick. And obviously, as you all know, with this game... There's somebody has to be to blame. And in this situation, it was a thing in Hackett. My thoughts on this is this. The Broncos bringing in a thing in Hackett as a head coach and as their head coach only made sense for one thing and one thing only. Let's just keep it a bean. The only reason why they brought him in there was to try to get Aaron Rodgers. Coming from Green Bay, he was the quarterback's coach. And you heard a lot of reports of Aaron saying, oh, yeah, you know, Daniel's a good guy. You know, there are reports of him making Aaron Rodgers laugh occasionally. You know, Aaron Rodgers said he feels real comfortable around him. And after last season, you know, there wasn't really a confirmation that Aaron Rodgers was going to go back to Green Bay. And in fact, there was even trade talks. And I think even Aaron Rodgers put one of his trade destinations as them. So you know what they did? Oh, let's go hire the guy that Aaron likes, Aaron Rodgers likes, so we can possibly get Aaron Rodgers on our team. That was the only way that trade made sense. So that didn't go right. So you don't get Aaron Rodgers, but you did get Russell Wilson. Another great quarterback. He's been all pro for the last nine seasons, nine Pro Bowls. Great player. Bring him in. The first mistake that the Denver Broncos committed. You trade for Russell Wilson, which, mind you, once the trade happened, it was a great move. Everybody thought that Denver was going to the playoffs. Some people even thought that they was going to win the Super Bowl. You make the trade for Russell Wilson with one year, with he, he has an expiring contract left or it was one year left from Seattle you go out and you sign him to a four year 170 million dollar extension totally unnecessary totally unnecessary the guy has one year left on his deal there's no reason for you to go out and extend him for four more years with the $170 million 
and the seventy million dollars guaranteed. There is no reason to do that. Now, obviously, hindsight twenty twenty, you're looking back at it like, dang, they could have let him play out that last year, seen how terrible he was, and you were you don't have any um you're you're not in a commitment to bring him back because he's on a one year deal. Let him play it out and see how he does. And if he plays well, you bring him back. And if he doesn't, you kick him to the curb. But Denver was so caught up in the rest hype and the Broncos country let's ride hype that they was like, yo, we got our guy. Let's 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 roll with him. So you got too excited. So before you after you hired Nathaniel Hackett for the wrong reasons because he made Aaron Rodgers giggle a couple of times during practice or whatnot, and you thought that you had a, a chance at getting him, and actually you didn't, you go out and you extend Russell Wilson, which was so unnecessary. Now Russell Wilson plays the season, yo. I can't remember. Like, I don't think y'all understand how horrible Russ has been playing this season. We're talking about a guy who's amongst dead last in QBR in the NFL while his team is averaging the least amount of points this season. Last time I checked, they was averaging 13 points a game with that talented offense. Now, the reason why a lot of people thought or at least had the Denver Broncos as Super Bowl favorites was because since Peyton Manning left or retired they've always been a quarterback away they've always had a good defense run game has been there you've had good guys at receivers but the teddy bridge the teddy bridgewaters and the brock oswallers and the the drew locks of the world couldn't get it done there so now you go out and get a guy who's won a super bowl who's taking his team to the who who took seattle to the playoffs every single season while he was there, you're looking at a guy like, hold, we plug this guy in with that offense and this defense, we could be something. But it is proven Pete Carroll knew something the Broncos did. He foresaw Russ, I'm not going to say falling off, but the dip of his skill set. Russell Wilson is a guy who's always relied on his ability to escape the pocket and make athletic plays, right? He's an escape artist. He relies on his uh, athleticism, doesn't really scramble a whole lot, but his movement in the pocket and his ability to get away and extend plays was second to none. And it's the reason why Coming into the draft, a lot of people look at Bryce Young and compare him to a young Russell Wilson. Because essentially what Bryce Young does is what Russell Wilson was back in his day. However, Russell Wilson does not have that ability anymore. Russell Wilson cannot escape the pocket like he used to. He cannot scramble like he used to. He can't extend plays like he used to. So that leads him to doing something that he's not comfortable with, which is sitting in the pocket and trying to make throws. Him having to do that, he's missing guys that are open, making terrible reads, because that's just something he's not comfortable with, right? And and granted, 
I think the way that the NFL is going right now as far as quarterbacks, the era of having a guy that the, the era of the Peyton Mannings and the Tom Brady's, those that era's over. Meaning the guys who are that can't scramble a lick but can stay in the pocket and, and throw every ball and can make every read, but they're strictly in the pocket. They don't scramble. That era is over. And the reason why that era is over is because it's like what Ray Lewis said. The pocket is collapsing very fast. And it's and it's collapsing very fast because the edge rusher position on defense, guys are getting faster. We talking dudes like Michael Parsons, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa. You got guys like Will Anderson coming into the draft. Like, these are guys who are very skilled who get off the line very quickly and put pressure on the quarterback very fast. Guys like Chase Young, right? Guys coming off the edge that can get to the quarterback, they might not get to him, but they can affect him. And you have a and guys and quarterbacks that don't have the ability to escape the pocket, they're no what they don't they can't find a place in this league. It's kind of like in the NBA how back in the day Big men and power forward was and power forwards were strictly in the paint. Now, if you don't if you don't have the ability to stretch the floor and shoot the three, it's gonna be hard for you to get on a roster spot. That's why you have guys like Brooke Lopez who who came in the league as a post player. Now I can't even remember this. I can't remember the last time I seen Brooke Lopez in a post because he's changed his game and he adjusted his game to what the league has become a three point three point shooting league. Same thing with the NFL. That's why the last couple quarterbacks you've seen come out the draft. Patrick Mahomes, Kyle Murray, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. All the guys you see are running the league right now. Guys who can escape the pocket. Even the guys like Joe Burrow, who don't look to scramble, but have the ability to at least escape out the pocket when it's collapsing. So what I'm saying is, a guy like Russell, who... That used to be his skill set, but isn't anymore. It's gonna be it's hard for him to go from that to just stand in the pocket trying to make throws. That's not gonna work. And as a result, they struggle to put up points, which is what you've seen all season. And granted, most of that is because Russell has lost his ability to escape out the pocket. Yes, but a lot of it is Russell has just been it's just been bad. Like he's just been terrible. And, and it's not like I outside of the athleticism part, I really there's no real way you can explain this. Russell has just been playing bad football, and I don't know if this is fixable. Again, you're talking about a guy who's making 140 million over the next four seasons. Like 70 million guaranteed. <laughs> like there's just no way that. Like, there's no way to get out of this hole if you're Denver. So, I think the best thing you could do is try to go out and get an actual experienced head coach. Like a Sean Payton. But even that, I don't know. I don't know what coach would want to take this job. I mean, it's gotten so bad. I mean, the game versus the Rams was just, it was hard to watch. I mean, you go out and you throw three picks in the first quarter. You got the offensive line trying to beat up the backup quarterback because he's getting on them, protecting and trying to help them protect rest. And the offensive line is like, yo, your boy is not doing nothing with the football anyways. I mean, it's just, it's a horrible thing if, if you're a Denver. So 
I and on top of that, the pick that you traded away to Seattle, they have the third pick in the draft now because your team is horrible. <laughs> so not only did things get bad to worse, you can't even move go into the right paths of restructuring your team to be better through the draft because you gave away all your draft picks. Oh, by the way, you spent all your money on him too. So, yeah, you did that. So, all in all, it's been a combination of bad management on the general on the GM's part and bad Russell Wilson play. Because at the end of the day, if Russell was out here balling out, nobody would be complaining. Nobody would be complaining. But it's the fact that Russ has played bad, and then you go back and look at it like, dang, we gotta we gotta deal with this for at least two to three more seasons, and then you got then you're going to look at Seattle, possibly pick a quarterback. Now, never for the rest of their careers is gonna look at the quarterback they take and be like, dang, we could have had that. So it's just a no-win situation for Denver. Like I said. The best thing you could do is try to go out and find you an experienced quarterback. I mean, an experienced uh, coach. I mean, you got a you got a couple options. You know, you got Sean Payton, who's supposedly supposedly supposed to be in the market. D'Amico Ryan's is supposed to be uh, coming in shortly. I believe the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. I forget his name, but the black ball headed guy. Um, I forgot his name, but he's supposed to be coming into play this offseason. But we all know that the choice of hiring a Daniel Hackett solely was just to try to make a push at Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, come, going from a QB coach to a head coach is totally different. So we'll see what happens with that. And then also we had news yesterday or today. Matter of fact, I believe Raiders are benching Marcus. I'm not Marcus Mariota. Um. Derek Carr. They're benching Derek Carr for the remainder of the season. Again, sticking with that same division. The Raiders have had a disappointing season. And it's, it's, it's nothing to say. They're just a bad football team. Coming into the season, just like the Broncos, Raiders made some great moves. Hired Josh McDaniels. Brought in Devontae Adams. Everybody looked at that Raiders offense with Devontae, Darrell Walker, Josh Jacobs, and Derek Carr. Renfield as well. We thought that offense had potential. And we thought wrong. <laughs> and we all thought wrong. But I don't put the blame on Derek Carr. Well, at least not most of it. And the reason why I don't put most of the blame on Derek Carr is because the year prior, when they had the special teams coach take over during the after the whole situation with uh, John Gruden, they had a less talented team, and he took them to the playoffs. Not only did he take them to the playoffs, he took them to the playoffs with a chance to win in Cincinnati. He was competing against the team that eventually won the AFC. Right? You. You go back and think about all that Derek Carr had to deal with last season with the Henry Ruggs situation, them having to let them having to let go of him, firing John Gruden over the text messages with the racial stuff, having a head coaching change, 
and him being consistent and being able to find a way to get that team to the playoffs. I tip my head off to that. Now, am I am I saying he's does he get a pass this season? No, because he's been playing pretty bad this season. I mean, he's leading the league in interceptions. So he hasn't had his best season. But the reason why I don't put the blame on him is because though thus far his career you say in in Oakland or in Las Vegas hasn't been that great he he, he did have this team in the playoffs last season the reason why I keep bringing that up is because the Raiders go out and hire Josh McDaniels Josh McDaniels has had a history of bad coaching as far as the head coaching perspective now we know what he we know what he's done in New England. We know what type of guy he is in New England. We know how the Super Bowls. We know all that. However, you don't have Tom Brady. This is not the first time Josh McDaniels has done this. You went from offensive coordinator in New England to Denver Broncos. You didn't get no success done over there. Now you come back to New England, win a couple more Super Bowls. And now you're a head coach again. See, John, I mean, uh, Josh McDaniels has a pattern of coaching bad teams. There's no way as a coach that you have this talented of a team and you have this record. Now, I know Derek Carr is the one that's going out and playing the football. I understand that. But Derek Carr took a less talented team to the postseason last season. Without Devontae Adams. Like, he took them to the postseason. Josh McDaniels has never been to the postseason as a head coach. And when you're an Oakland Raiders team, I keep saying the Oakland Raiders, bro. Goodness gracious. When you're the Las Vegas Raiders, and you lead the league, you've had, you lead the league in... Choking halftime leads. The Raiders have been up in four half. I believe it's four halftime. They've been up. What am I saying? In the last four games or in four games this season, Oakland. I keep saying Oakland. The Las Vegas Raiders have been up in four different instances at halftime. And all those four instances, they've all lost those games. They lead the league in that category as far as leading at halftime and losing the game. That's on coaching. Yes, Derek Carr is, is playing the game. I understand that. But that's still on coaching. Josh McDaniels is a bad coach. The only reason why he looked good in New England was because it was New England. Because it was Tom Brady. We've seen him with these other teams and what he's done. Which is why I don't understand why Las Vegas just didn't ride it out with the cuffs they had before they went to the playoffs. Because it seemed that Derek Carr had found a groove with him. You didn't you didn't have to bring in this guy. Now I, I get it. You know, he's the offense, he was the offensive genius in New England that won four what four or five championships with Tom Brady. I understand it. But if a coach if I have a coach, after a disastrous of a start that you had last season, 
If I get a coach and he finds a way to take us to the playoffs, why would I want to fire him? He just took me to the postseason. In his first year, he was an intern. He took you to the postseason. Why would you let that go? So again, another unnecessary move made by the front office of a team. And the reason why I don't really put all the blame on Derek Carr, again, it's not like we know he can't take a team to the playoffs. He did it last season. Josh McDaniels, however, has never coached a good team in his life as a head coach. This is a recurring thing for Josh McDaniels, coaching bad teams. Derek Carr, again, he's been there nine years, has only been to the playoffs twice. I get it. But you don't mean to tell me that this is on him more than it's on Josh McDaniels when Josh McDaniels' trend is coaching and being on bad teams as far as to Carr, where he has taken Las Vegas to the playoffs before. Did it last season. Had one season where he was unbelievable, but he got hurt and wasn't able to do it in the postseason. And I understand, oh, you bring in Devontae Adams, you should be better. Yes. But at some point we have to look at the coaches and say, what are you, what are you, what are you drawing up? What is your game plan? What schemes are you using? And if I'm being quite honest, I think as an OC, he has it right. But when all the pressure is on him, when he's the leader and he's the, the head coach and he's running everything, I don't think he performs well. I don't I just don't think he does. Because, by the way, Devontae Adams is having a very good year. Very good year. I mean, he's he's up to 12. At this point, he's up to 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns. Like, he's playing. I think I think he has 12 touchdowns. Like, I could be wrong. But he's playing phenomenal football. And it's somehow, some way, they're under five wins. Doesn't make any sense to me. And people are trying to blame Carl like, oh, I get it. He's playing horrible, yes. But Josh McDaniels is the one who continuously comes from New England, tries to coach a team, and the team is still bad. Like, we have to look at that at least. Like, okay, the special teams coach was able to get this team to the playoffs, postseason. They go out and add, at the time, the best receiver in the game, and somehow y'all worse? How is that even possible? But again, when you're a team that continuously blows big-time leads, that's coaching. That's just what it is. It's, it's coaching. It's coaching. I'm sorry. If a special team coach, a special team guy who comes in during the season is able to take this team to the playoffs with a less talented team, and y'all are trash this year, can't even get above 500. Y'all trying to blame Derek Carr? I'm sorry. I, I can't allow that. We got to look at Josh McDowell just like, yo, this your second time now. We gave you the pass in, in Denver. We can't give you the pass right now. It's your second time around and you you, you stinking the bed up. Like, come on. We got to look at that. So, but then again, most of the, the Bill Belichick disciples that come from the Bill Belichick tree don't really don't really pan out as far as head coaches anyways. I mean, we can go down the 
we can go down the long list. I mean, I know the the Jets got one guy, and he did pretty well. I think he I think he ended up beating New England in the playoffs actually. But outside of that, like it's a bunch of dumpster juice if I'm just keeping it true. <laughs> like those guys really don't pan out. I don't know why. I don't I don't know why the the Bill Bill Belichick legacy doesn't just travel to greatness elsewhere. Kind of like, you know, I would imagine it would be kind of like the Nick Saban joint. I mean, you got guys. I know the head coaches outside of Kirby Smart weren't able to beat Nick Saban, but they've gone out and they've created powerhouses and they've won bowl games and they've been to the playoffs and done all these stuff. Whereas the Bill Belichick, they just go somewhere else and they're just complete trash. And then they just come back to him at the end. So, I don't know. That's just that's just what I'm feeling. Moving on. Tua. Uh, Tua is done for the season. Well, at least he should be. They say he's going to be done for this game coming up. But I think he should be done for the year. He's back in the concussion protocol. Outside of the last four games, Tua has been playing one of the best football. He's been playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Outside of those last four games, I have to preference. Them last four games, he, yeah. But outside of that, Tua, he was leading the league in QBR at one point in the season. He was top five in every passing category. And a lot of people thought that this was the year that like, okay, this is the, the coming out party. Like, this is what... This is the tour we expected coming out of Bama. However, quickly he reverted to, you know, same old tour. And this is the problem I have with with people, especially the media. A lot of people were hopping hopping on the, the tour hype train a little too fast, and it got real carried away. You got, and it really started. And to be honest with you, I kind of find it ironic that. As soon as people were saying that Tua, as soon as the Tua Justin Herbert discussion started to talk, started to trend, and how people were saying that Tua was somehow better than Justin Herbert, that Justin Herbert ends up winning in the next couple of games and clinching a playoff spot, and the Dolphins go on a four-game losing streak because Tua is playing the worst football this season. <laughs> I just find that kind of ironic how everything just plays out. Like, first of all, that shouldn't have never been a discussion. Number one, it should never have been a discussion because Justin Herbert is a franchise player and has been a top five, at least top seven QB in the NFL ever since he's been drafted. Tua, we were ready to say he was a bust before this season. Mind you, the Dolphins tried to go out and illegally recruit Tom Brady to replace Tua. So it was clear that Miami was on the brink of moving on from Tua because of how he was playing. Again, in and out with injuries. He wasn't playing the best. So how can you how can you say that all because of one season that hasn't even finished yet? You're ready to say he's a better player than Justin Herbert when Justin Herbert has been playing up historic historical numbers and has been a one of the best QBs in the league for a guy who we were ready to call a bust. That didn't make sense. Number two reason why it makes sense. If you look at this season, yes, 
early on in the season, Miami was one of the best teams in the league. At one point, they were the number one team in the AFC as far as standings. I get that. However, it's kind of opposite with the Patrick Mahomes situation. You add the best receiver in the game as far as Tyreek Hill. Tua was put in a situation he really couldn't lose. When you talk about having Jalen Water and, and Tyreek Hill as your receivers, like, if you're playing bad with those two guys as receivers, we need to evaluate you as far as do you belong in this NFL? Do you belong in the league? Because there's no way you can be bad with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as your two best receivers. I'm just, I, I gotta call that how it is, right? So he's got Tua, Tua has two top 10 receivers on his team. Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert's receiving core has been in and out with injuries all year. I believe Keenan Allen has only played like three games. Mike Williams has been out. Everett has been banged up. So he's playing with second stringer guys, basically. And he's able to get this team to the playoffs. That's because Tua has the elite arm talent, the elite visionary and accuracy to get the job done. And as a result, He's taking his team to the playoffs that's less talent, way less talented than Miami. Way less talented than Miami. In a division with the Patrick Mahomes. Excuse me. Now, granted, I understand Tua, you know, he's been banged up with the concussion protocol injuries and, and, and that. And, you know, definitely something that you have to watch out for and be cautious of because those are the type of things that can end a career and obviously you know he had the brutal one to start the season off but we have to keep we have to keep it real the whole Tua hype train was cute and the comparison between him and Jalen I mean Justin Herbert it was it was it was fun while it lasted I guess like I didn't understand it but I guess people was rocking with it like oh yeah you know Tua this uh, it was cool but these last four games proves itself. Tua does not have the vision, the arm talent, and the decision-making to be a franchise quarterback. I'm sorry. Because the fact of the matter is, if you can't win games with Jalen Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill with Raheem Morster as a, your running back, what can you win with? If you give Justin Herbert, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle, are you kidding me? They're probably going undefeated. They probably put up 50 a game. So that's why when Tyreek was talking all this rap cap during the offseason, like, y'all remember when he was talking about, oh, yeah, uh, Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. What are you talking about, bro? You know what? You know what I call that? That's straight, bro. That's you gassing to the most. That's like when you, that's like when you get something, you pay. That's like when you pay a lot of money for something. You get it and you find out it's not the best, but you have to make the most of it and try to hype it up as much as you can because you paid a lot of money for it. It's like, uh, you know, in your mind, you're like, this is really trash, but it's like, bro, I just spend a rack or whatever on this. And you're like, you know what? It's not that bad. You trying to convince yourself that it's better when really it's not. We all knew that. We all know that time that tool is not more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Like we know that. 
But all that did was put more pressure on Tua to be like, oh, okay. He talking like this. We got to see. And again, they started off, what, 5-0, 6-0? Everything looked good. Tua got hit with the injury. Came back. That went back to playing well. And these last four, these last couple games, he's been waiting to bed. I mean, the game against Green Bay. I mean, three straight possessions where you have a chance to win the game and you throw three straight interceptions. That's as bad as it gets. And it's not just like, oh, you know. No, he's he's reading the field wrong. Like, it's bad reads. So, what do we all learn? For everybody out there that thought for a second that Tua was better than Herbert or Tua, this is the coming out party for Tua. And he's, and, and mind you, I think Mike, Mende- Mike Mendeos has done all he can, does all, has done all he can with Tua. I think he's done a phenomenal job of putting Tua in the right situation and building the offense and scheming around Tua's success. He's done a great job at that. But there's almost there's only so much you can do. And I'm not here to bash Tua. I'm not here to 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 trash him or nothing. I'm just calling it how it is. Like, I've seen enough. And Tua is not the guy. So do I think Miami could possibly pursue some offseason trade in the draft or try to get a QB? I think that's possible, given the fact that they've already tried. I mean, granted, they've already they've already benched Tua on many occasions prior to this. They already tried to go out and recruit Tom Brady. So what's gonna stop them now? Especially given the fact that at one point they were they were the number one team, number one and number two team in the AFC as far as standings, and they dropped substantially because of that. So if you're so if you're Miami, you have a lot of decisions to make this offseason. And if I'm going to take a guess of where their future lies and where they're, where they're going to head towards next season, I'm going to guess that Tua is not going to be a part of it. But that's just me. And I think that's what they should do. Because these last four games, especially, I think he should be done for the rest of the season. I don't think you put him out there. Two concussion injuries. And, and by the way, I hope, they're, I hope they're not trying to use that as an excuse as to why he played so bad versus Green Bay. I hope that's not what they're trying to do because <laughs> no, no, we're not giving you that. But you have two concussion injuries, bro. Sit down for the rest of the year. Just sit down, and whatever happens with Teddy Bridgewater happens. If you make the playoffs, you make the playoffs. If you don't, you don't. But I think this is the last we've seen the tour at Miami, Jersey.